The Illusion of Complexity, a brand new venture into ridiculousness. Everybody, let's hit it. And we are live here. The first episode, the inaugural line into the illusion of complexity, the philosophy of one Matt LaFleur. It is now not just a lifestyle for the offense, but a brand new podcast coming into your ears and onto your airwaves. I am your host, and that was pretty good. I thought I'm pretty proud of that one. I am Jacob Westendorf joining you tonight from the Game On Wisconsin studios and joined, of course, by the legendary Zachary Jacobson. Zach, hair slicked back. You look like a model, quite frankly. Nobody can see you, and that's unfortunate for them because this is maybe the best I've ever seen you look. But how are we doing tonight? Jacob, I am doing so great, and I am so happy to be here. You know what? This sounds like an advertisement. But, Jacob, you know, I'm just so happy to be back with you. My, you know, like you've mentioned multiple times, my longest tenured podcast. podcast. Here we go. We're off to a great start. And Aaron, of course, our lovely social media manager person at Game on Wisconsin. And, you know, the reason the hair is slicked back right now, which, like you said, nobody can see, I rushed out of the shower so we can get to recording this just so, you know, the public is aware of that. All right. I, I am committed to the pod right now. I'm committed to making my return to the pod. He just uh, wants proof that he bathed. So I'm proud of him for that. And that's the first exactly. time in about three weeks or so. So that is uh, kudos. You get that from me. And Let that be on uh, record. And as Zach mentioned, we are joined and we could not have this podcast with just the two of us because if there's anything that the world needs less or doesn't need more of is two stupid white guys shouting into a microphone. So we added some grace and some beauty to this podcast. Uh, The lovely Aaron Alice, our social media manager, impregnated several times by one Jair Alexander. Aaron, this is your debut. Welcome. And uh, how are we doing tonight? Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's become my brand, I guess, that every time Jair does something great, um, I'm I'm getting pregnant. So that's really exciting. But um, it's really awesome to be here. Um, this is kind of uh, an interesting <laughs> day because it's my first time ever being on a podcast or a show of any kind. So you guys are like popping my podcast cherry. So real exciting about that. <laughs> an honor and a true yeah. honor. I don't even I don't even know how to like <laughs> I'm putting that. Do they make trophies for that? Because if they do, I want one. They okay. should. We'll work on it. Christmas is coming up. I was going to say, I might have to get our graphics guy or something. If I can get Jared to make us like a, a banner or something like that, I, I want one. So we're going to work on that, guys. The, so the purpose of this show and what I want to do is kind of outline this for our listeners and that we're going to have for the millions of people that are going to tune into the show every week to listen to Aaron kind of keep us in line is – Tell them what the purpose of the show is. And the reason we came up with the name is because, well, one, the original idea of the name of the show was turn the page. And we didn't go with that for two reasons. Number one is because we can't use Metallica as an intro for copyright reasons, (laughs) which sucks because I would really love Zach to Zach. Can you make the noise, please? Turn the page. Ah. Yeah. So 
Zach can't really sound like uh, James Hetfield every week. One and two, we copyright just quite that was frankly, incredible though. Yeah, that was pretty good. So and Zach's got his own. Zach's a front man, right? I was in eighth grade. We performed for whom the bell tolls. So and enter Sandman. Two favorites of one Jamal. Okay, Williams, have, who you will hear of in just a moment. Yeah. So side note: Have you guys listened to the Pat Boone version of Enter Sandman? No, I don't listen to covers. Oh my gosh. Pat Boone made like a metal album. It is the most ridiculous thing. It is like comedic. It feels like a parody, but it's not a parody. So I'm going to have to remember that. And ridiculous that. in a good way? It's, it's, or just, like... it's too good. It's funny, but it's not supposed to be funny. <laughs> oh my God. So it's bad. Like, it's, it's really bad. bad. It's bad. It's, it's really bad. bad. It's really Listen, bizarre. It's like jazzy. And like, like a kind of like a weird Al Yankovic kind of way, but you know what? Not intentionally. No. Okay. <laughs> the only cover <laughs> I've ever heard of a Metallica song is, Oh, what's the name of that crappy country artist? I know the answer could very easily be all of them, but um, <laughs> true. Luke Bryan <laughs> did a cover of enter Sandman and it was awful it was one of the worst things i've ever heard As you could probably okay imagine. like next week we're gonna have to like pull these songs up so we can share them with the world oh, copyright we can't yeah so unfortunately we can't we can't pull those up you guys are just gonna have to take my word for it that what luke bryan i'll can't share sing, it luke bryan can't sing his own songs so there's that <laughs> add in that he's singing the greatest metal band ever yeah like, i mean I'll, I'll listen to some metallica covers like I'll, i love garage inc that's right. fine, but if people are going to cover Metallica, I mean, you better do it. You better do it right. Right. You do it good. Exactly. Exactly. So, Zach, what was the name of your band? Because I'll listen to them do it. We actually didn't have a name. We performed like two things. We did the talent show, which I actually have uh, an award of right here. I, I obviously can't. I can't show, but um, All right, we're going to have to do a live stream just to have that. So when we get our banner for popping Aaron's podcast, Cherry one <laughs> and two, when we have the the trophy. We'll put them right next to each other, side by side. Just exactly show them off it's of the our world. Collection of awards. Yeah, the two proudest accomplishments of my life. Well, and then I'll the get three. a fake ultrasound. I'll get a fake ultrasound of my Jair pregnancy, and we'll be set. There we go. I have some ultrasounds. Like I still have some from when Blake was an ultrasound type thing. So we could just use those if you don't want to go through the trouble of getting a fake one. Proud. Well, my sister's also. My sister's also pregnant. She's about to pop. Any second now, honestly. So if this show literally. abruptly ends, that's why. That's one of the reasons <laughs> that could be why. The other one is because Aaron is literally stuck in a cabin in the woods. So she could be running for the hills. And speaking yeah. of cabin in the woods, I know we made this joke pre-show, but can we talk about how crappy that movie was? I know Aaron hasn't seen it, but Zach, that movie was terrible. I haven't seen it either. Actually, I'm okay. I'm not sure. I'm not. Okay. Well, on, on Hulu, it's listed as a comedy on Hulu. It is. And it's, it, it obviously it's not I, funny. If I've seen it, it obviously wasn't good enough to like leave an impression. So it, it probably made an impression on me, and the impression was that it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but what happens in it? Am I going to die? Uh, you might. It's like puppeteers. So there's somebody sitting in the background. Like if this was the point, like if we were all in the cabin while doing this podcast, they're kind of picking which one of us dies and how. So it could be all of us based on like what horror movie. So they used a bunch of like exorcism type stuff and. Uh, like Michael Myers and the it clown and all that kind of crap. So we have gone completely off the rails. So uh, Aaron, there's someone behind you. 
Oh my God. Don't okay. even, don't okay. even. <laughs> she froze for a minute. I did. I have been legit sleeping on the couch because I don't want to like have a door to open to get anywhere in the middle of the night. Like I want to be like out in the middle of everything. <laughs> I'm like such a whip. Paranoia is real. <laughs> Jesus. So fun story. My mother is definitely a, she's born the day before Halloween. So you think she's into all that scary stuff and she's not, she hates it. Terrified uh-huh. of Michael Myers, just a hundred percent. That is the one that scares her the most. So when we were kids, we, one time they were out to eat with my dad or she was out to eat with my dad. And it was in October around this time. It might've been a birthday dinner. It might not have been. I have no idea. We sent my dad a text. This is when texting was like brand spanking new. So my mom would have never known. My dad saw it, said, we're going to have all the lights off and all that stuff. Just kind of take your time coming inside, basically. Well, then we played the Halloween theme music. So the piano. Well, then I remember mom screaming at the top of her lungs. She started crying and it was like, it was funny for a second. And then it wasn't. So we haven't done that since. <laughs> that is really bad. <laughs> yeah. So we're all bad people is, is what that boils down to. But Pretty uh, much anyways, it. the purpose of this show uh, and the point of it is a look ahead to the new team or the new team that the Packers are playing, uh, whether it's Sunday night, Thursday night, they don't have any more Monday night. Well, <laughs> they don't have any more Monday night games on the schedule, <laughs> whether or not they end up with another game on Monday night. Remains to be seen. They do play the Titans this year, so they may end up playing on a Wednesday for all we know at this point. So as we record this right now, the Titans are currently finishing off the Buffalo Bills here on a Tuesday. So this will be a show that is a look ahead to the team's next opponent. Uh, we just came up with that name because this is the the philosophy that Matt LaFleur has, and it's something that has worked out pretty well for him through his first 20 games, 21 games, or 20 games, 22 if you include the playoffs of his head coaching career. And this week we get the pleasure of starting with one Tom Brady, the fraudulent goat and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I have to start with a highlight from Tuesday night. We have the Jamal Williams show hosted by myself and Jimmy Christensen. And of course, Jay swag, daddy, daddy, tarantula, uh, one of many millions of nicknames that he's come. He's come up with a different one every week in the studio. So I'm going to have to start writing them down. So I have them all, uh, but they're all hilarious. But he talked about how in the off season, he trained with Ronald Jones. Cause Ronald Jones is a client of Luke Neal and that's their trainer. So they essentially lived together all summer and he started talking and we weren't going to ask him about Rogers and Brady because it's kind of a tired storyline. And we're going to talk about that same boring ass tired storyline because I feel like we'd be doing you a disservice if we didn't. But with Jamal, we weren't going to do that specifically until he said that Ronald Jones had been talking some smack and essentially said that Ronald Jones was saying, Oh, we got Tom Brady. Now you better watch out because they knew they played each other this year. So I simply had to ask him, so Jamal, on that note, let's set the record straight. Whose quarterback is better, yours or Ronald Jones? Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. My, look, I'm pretty sure my quarterback knows what fourth down is. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, as you guys may know, now listen. I give Tom Brady some. I'll give him a break. Uh, he is, you know, pushing fifty. And it gets harder as you get older to count and remember certain things. So counting to four can get harder. And I feel for him, you know, counting to four can be hard, especially when 
you've been spending the entire night screaming at your teammates and finding people to blame for why things aren't going so well for you specifically. So nonetheless, I thought that was funny, but guys, that is where we do have to start because that's what, that's what everybody's going to talk about. The two players will never touch the field at the same time, unless maybe Aaron Rodgers decides to play defense this week. I don't think Tom Brady's capable of that. Even in Brady's prime, he wasn't necessarily the greatest athlete. Uh, nonetheless, Aaron Rodgers thinks he's a linebacker. He plays it in training camp every season. So that might be something maybe he lines up as to try and get a pick against him, but they'll never play on the field at the same time. Nonetheless, that's how we build things, right? Quarterback against quarterback. The two have faced off against each other twice. Aaron Rodgers missed another time that the two teams have played uh, with a concussion. That was the infamous Mike McCarthy, we're nobody's underdogs game. And then the two times since uh, the Packers won in 2014 at Lambeau Field, the best game I personally have ever been a part of. And of course, a couple seasons ago, the Patriots won at Gillette Stadium, a relatively nondescript game. Green Bay was close. Patriots end up pulling away late. So a grudge match, if you will. This is the last time these two teams will ever face off or guaranteed to face off. Brady signed a two-year contract. They're not guaranteed to play next season. They're not guaranteed to play again this season. Unless of course they're able to uh, meet up in the playoffs, which certainly would be, you want to talk about a showdown, Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. That would be media hype up the wazoo. The problem and the bad news I have for some Bucks fans in that case is it looks like that game might be at the frozen tundra of Lambeau field if the season were to end it, but it doesn't. Nonetheless, Zach, what level of excitement do you have for this matchup? Any, do you put any extra stock into it because it's Tom Brady? Is there anything that gets the competitive juices flowing, if you will, because of who the other team's quarterback is? I think anytime Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, they're on the same field together, regardless of whether or not they're going against each other actually head to head on two different sides of the ball. I think there's always a level of excitement there just because we spent so many years this past decade, pretty much comparing them both. And just like, even on Twitter, you know, the two fan bases, the Packers and the Patriots fan bases, all of the arguments that we have seen and just the, the toxicity from speed, just being spewed from both sides. You know, I think- to be fair, Patriots fans are a plague. They are. They are literally the black plague. Like they, they're, they're up there with like you know the pandemic we're in right now. They are all terrible. Like, like just some of them. I've met some pretty cool Patriots fans, but I mean a lot of them are just absolutely terrible people. But- there was a, and I thought it was a parody account, but I don't think it is. I remember after they lost the Super Bowl to the Eagles, there was a tweet, and I can't remember the name of the, and I'll, I'll spare the guys at even if I could remember it, but. Something along the lines of he said he'd rather his firstborn child die in his arms than watch Brady fumble the Super Bowl away again the way that, that he did. And like I thought it was a joke, but then the more I read his tweets, I was like, I don't think it is. No, they are they are like um, so emotionally attached to football, like above any other fan base that I've ever seen. And not okay. just football, but Tom Brady. It's not so much that they want it's not so much even that they believe he's the best ever. It's they want you also to believe that he's the best ever. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, like believe like them personally believing it is one thing, but like, if you don't pretty much, if you're not on the same side as them, then you could pretty much go to hell basically. 
But well, I'm not on the same side as them, so I guess I can go to hell from that standpoint. I, I will see you there. We can be bunk buddies. Aaron, are uh, you joining us? I'm probably going to hell anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> no, I'm definitely with you guys on that. It's such a biased argument, and the worst is that they're just so loud about it, which really just tells me that they're, it comes from a place of insecurity. It's just like, I don't even want to make this comparison right now, but it's like LeBron fans. And I hate that any retort or disagreement that you have, they're always like, salty, bitter, blah, blah. Like, it doesn't matter what you say. It just means you're bitter. You better be careful. There's a Laker fan in this. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I was just about to get to that too. See, I'm a Laker fan, but I'm not as emotionally invested in basketball as as I am football. But I can sit here and tell you right now that I still think Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player ever. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is totally irrelevant to the game that's coming up on Sunday, but still. I won't sit here and like jam my fist into your throat, you know, forcing you to agree with me that, that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player ever. Like, even if they did just win a championship, like, I, I just don't care. There is like so little stock put in that. Like, none of it matters. As that a pertain- whole argument is stupid, too, though, because it's like we're literally talking about one and two. And like, why can't it just be that? Yeah, it's like, oh my god, you're the you're the second greatest basketball player ever. Oh my god, that's like the worst insult ever. Like, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, like that. What, well, what did he say? What did he say? He wanted his damn respect too. It's like, who, who, what? Yeah, like, you're that. like one of the greatest players of all time. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's literally everybody talks about it. it's MJ and LeBron or LeBron and MJ. It's literally everybody talks about those two at the top. It's and he and he plays for the Lakers. It's it'd be the equivalent of if. If Tom Brady played for the Dallas Cowboys saying the Cowboys want their respect and I want my respect too. It's like, okay, Tom, come on, man. Like it's, it would be the same. That's the equivalence right there. If you want to talk football, but Zach, please continue. Well, exactly. Yeah, no, seeing exactly too. It's like you also play for the Lakers, one of the most prominent franchises in basketball. It's like the Lakers, Spurs and whoever else you want to put up there. Like those Celtics. Oh, and Celtics too, of course. As I was saying about Sunday, yeah, of course, you you get excited about this kind of match just because, you know, like you said, this is probably the last time, assuming they meet the playoffs, you know, you know in the playoffs this year or next year. Um, it's the last time we're going to see Rodgers and Brady go head-to-head on the same field together, and that's surreal. You know, we haven't been able to see that very often through the years or as, as much as people would have liked to. We never got that Super Bowl matchup between the Packers and Patriots when Brady was in New England. I mean, Super Bowl 31 is another story. Brady wasn't even in the league at the time, but, you know, that's, like I said, it's another story. It's definitely something special, regardless of uh, what matchups are talked about. That it is. And, Aaron, Zach talked about the Super Bowl run. Is there any, I don't want to call it regrets or anything like that, but is there any disappointment i guess that i mean for the most part honestly the patriots have held up their bargain plenty of times the only time they didn't was the time the packers got there obviously the patriots were eliminated by the new york jets is there any disappointment that the packers essentially had had opportunities at least two specific ones 2014 and 2016 to hold up their end of the bargain and get that rogers brady super bowl and it just never happened i mean it's 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 disappointing right but as for regret, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really one to focus on that kind of thing because I mean, it is kind of what it is, but, uh, what I will say is that I am super disappointed, uh, that we're not going to be able to see Brady and Belichick versus, you know, Rogers and LaFleur. Uh, I would absolutely love to see, you know, these two dynamic offenses, you know, face off. 
because uh, I, I mean, going into this week, I'm I'm really not that excited. You know, it's just kind of a normal game for me. I know everybody's like, oh my god, Brady and Rogers, it's gonna be like these thrilling offenses, but I just don't feel that way. You kind of look at the Bucks offense and. They're not clicking in the best way. You know, their run game's been struggling. Their offensive line has been a little iffy. You know, it just doesn't get me excited like a Brady, Belichick, Rodgers, LaFleur matchup would. Tom Brady and the Bucks have a lot of Rodgers and the Packers in their first year going on at this point that it's not as simple as plug and play. You know, Brady's got a lot of new things to mm-hmm. learn. He's got new players around him to learn, all that stuff. And a lot of people assume football is just like Madden where you just plug in Tom Brady and away we go. And it, it just doesn't work that way. And that's why I think if the Bucks are going to make a Super Bowl run, I think it'll be a 2021 type of situation if Tom Brady can stave off father time, assuming that you believe he's done that, which I'm not so sure. But these are not the only two players taking the field on Sunday and You guys come here for the hard-hitting analysis, and what I need to know is, do you put ketchup on your hot dogs? Hell no. All right, look, Aaron, it's it's okay to be wrong sometimes. I understand. Oh, my God. You didn't just say that? (laughs) Oh, my God. I definitely did. I can tell Zach's not married because... God, no. Well, not yet. This is is how... My twenties. All right. I was like, I could tell Zach does not have a girlfriend. All right. Well, that's a little too far. <laughs> Look, I get it, Jacob. I'm going to die alone. All right. You oh, no. <laughs> okay. That's not what I was saying. All I'm saying is I can tell you're single because I live my life by the very basic principle of the movie. Guess who? And the movie guess who has Bernie Mac in it. RIP. Rest in peace. Yes. Bernie Mac. One of my personal favorites. Um, he asks Ashton Kutcher's character in the movie do you love her? And then he looks at him funny and basically like saying yes. And he goes, then she's always right. So sorry, Zach. Uh, In this case, you don't get to tell Aaron she's wrong. And when it comes to, there really, there really isn't a tiebreaker. The reason we have three in this group is if we have an idea between like one to one, the idea is to have a tiebreaker so we can have a two to one kind of vote here. But the reality is, number one, I don't eat hot dogs because they're disgusting. So, and I, but the answer to the question is, I don't eat ketchup on anything. French fries, you name it, ketchup's gross. It belongs on nothing except a garbage can. That Someone is all. get me out of here. Someone just get me out of here, please. But the point of the matter is, Bye. if you, the point of the matter is, even if you and I both said yes and Aaron said no, the answer is no because she is always right. That's how this works. So that's the point you were trying to make that whole time. <laughs> that was yeah, that long soliloquy was just that's to like say a ten minute rant. I took a nap. <laughs> well, I mean, sorry, I put everybody to sleep. That's kind of the nature of my thing. I thought the only reason Aaron was here was because you didn't want to record it alone with me because you hate my guts. I thought well, you guys might kill each other, so yeah, she had to be we here she had to be a without killing each other. It's 2020. Anything can happen. That's that's, that's a good point. Did you guys see, by the way, that there's like some space vortex now that's like going through the sky, like blowing shit up? Or I don't know exactly what it's doing. It'll be here December 31st. Let's go. December's (laughs) fighter has entered the ring. It's it's good on certain things. I I don't always eat it. Like if I had a hot dog on a bun or something, like I, I like that with just mustard, just mustard alone. I have to be in the mood. 
to have ketchup and mustard on it, but I'll never have it with just ketchup. Like that's that's gross. That's like barbaric type shit. You know what I mean? I am uh, with Jacob on this one. I don't put ketchup on most things. Uh, I actually can't think of anything that I I actively put ketchup on. But have you? Well, Jacob, I'm sure you have. But Zach, have you? I'm well. I'm a Chicagoan. If anybody doesn't know, but Zach, have you ever had a Chicago style hot dog? Yeah, they're delicious. I love them. Okay, good. I appreciate that because uh, that's my favorite way to have have a hot dog. I'm not a total lunatic. Oh, well, I don't know about that. But. I could tell you both something right now that'll probably make you gag and make you want to end, uh, end this podcast like at this very moment. Uh, I am in a group chat with someone who uh, eats popcorn with ketchup in it <laughs> with bare hands. Who? You need to call the police. That's like sociopath. Okay. Do I know them? <laughs> No, I don't think you know probably him. He's, it's probably like, oh, it's, it's a friend of mine. It's him. No, it's not. Are you kidding me? I would never do that. in my le- On my unborn children, I would never, I have never done that. All right? So, no, I feel like that's something that you would like know about this person too. And I would know, like my intuition would say not to do a podcast with this person. So no, I, I, yeah. I believe. That. I've called do- him out on the timeline before. So. Oh, who is, is it? If you called him out publicly. He's a Packers fan, yeah, but he's not like a, he's not like a Packers account. It's my friend, my friend James. He's not he's not like a Packers Twitter uh, tweeter person or anything like that. Okay, well, I was gonna say I'm finding him. You sick, sick bastard! It's like that's not a, like special or something. That's, dis- that's disgusting. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. And now I need to move to something that we can all agree on <laughs> because I I don't want to. I don't about even. That. I don't even know what I. I don't even. I can't even process that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, oh, I, we, all, we all rightfully ripped him apart for it. So I, yeah, I, saw it from that. I would I would strongly recommend that he not reproduce. <laughs> like just and I don't know what his situation psychologically is. evaluated. Yeah, I have some friends that are in the psych services, so I can get him a free evaluation. Beautiful. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna clip this and show him. So I feel like I feel like we should like move to a different topic before we like just totally rip his his life. Just do it. That's fine. Right. While we're doing that, Five Guys is infinitely better than In and Out Burger. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you. Let everybody Aaron. know. Let the people know. Tell everybody. Who doesn't like Five Guys? I don't understand. It's not so much that people don't like Five Guys. It's that they like In and Out Burger, which is objectively garbage. That's not I don't true. Think I've, I've ever had it. People, I've seen so many people say they don't like it. Like really? on my old account, yeah. When I have, I've, I've seen. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> my original one. <laughs> one of your twenty. Yeah, the, the the first of the of the seventy-two. <laughs> Poor Zach, you had so many followers, and then somebody made fun of you for not having followers anymore. Which is like, quite frankly, there was a point where I stopped following all your accounts because it's like I saw all your shit anyways. But it was like. I'm just going to lose it. So what's the point? He would DM me yelling at me if I didn't follow him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peter, Peter Bukowski did the same thing. Now he, he doesn't even follow me anymore. He just, he just doesn't even bother. <laughs> Gotta say it's hard to blame him. No. Yeah. That's why I'm not even mad. I don't, I don't blame him at all. Huh. Okay. So now we've gotten through that guys. So that is the hard hitters segment. And we're going to do that every week. I, I hope you guys enjoyed that. That, that was took just- a really crazy turn. 
That really did. That, listen, that's why you come into this podcast. You come in here for the hard hitting <laughs> analysis that we will bring to you every single week. So let's move into some of the other stuff, guys. One of the big things we talked about is uh, Aaron's baby daddy, yeah. Jair Alexander. And yeah. Kevin King is nursing a quad injury. So that is concerning. Chris Godwin's also nursing an injury as well. So it's possible that both of those guys may be inactive on Sunday. But we're going to assume that both of them are playing. These are the matchups I am the most juiced for because this is Jair passed his first big, big test last week on Monday against Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley. I made the joke after the first pass thrown his direction, uh, Matt Ryan threw a deep ball. It was over the head. Jair was in blanket coverage incomplete. And I said something along the lines of Calvin Ridley has reservations on Jair Island, zero catches, zero yards, zero touchdowns while covered closely according to ESPN's next gen stats by Jair Alexander. This is another, this is a different level. Uh, with all due respect to Calvin Ridley, who is an emerging player, Mike Evans is one of the 10 best receivers in all of football. You can definitely argue one of the five best receivers. In all, speaking of one of the best receivers in all of football, can we thank our lucky stars that we have Devontae Adams and not Michael Thomas? Dear God, yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What a disaster in New Orleans. The Saints are three and two. And it almost feels like they're zero and five, just with all the drama and all the crap that surrounded them just this season. It feels very twenty eighteen Packersy, the way that that's not even that. I mean, not quite to that level. It's like Sean Payton's not going to get fired, but like, yeah, the star wide receiver is punching his teammate. I mean, the whole thing is just weird. Like, and now he's tweeting about it saying like, I'm not going to dispel. I thank God every day for Devonte Adams because yes, Devonte has had some moments, I guess. I had somebody point out to me, well, uh, Devonte Adams has had some diva moments. He said last year he wasn't getting the ball enough after they won. And he said he wanted to play after the doctor said he couldn't play. I was like, okay, well, one of those is those, both of those things, quite frankly, are very, very different than punching your freaking teammate in the face. Nonetheless, <laughs> before we go off the rails, Jair. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. yeah. I hate Michael Thomas. He's a Buckeye. That's strike one and two. Oh God, I didn't mean to get you to go off. <laughs> that was your fault. You did this to yourself. You did tell him to tell us how he really feels. I know. You specifically I- said that. And he plays for the Saints, who I have an irrational hatred for. Like, I shouldn't really hate the Saints because they've never played the Packers in the playoffs, but I hate them. I really do. And beating them so far this season is the highlight of my year. Now, granted, I hope there's several things to surpass that. I was listening. I'll tell you guys this. I was listening to friend of the show, Peter Bukowski's Locked on Packers on Monday after the bye week and talking about the potential of hosting an NFC championship game and playing in the Super Bowl and how good this Packers team can be and how they've never been the best team in the NFL, save for one season, 2011 with Aaron Rodgers. And I'm telling it's got me dreaming big, like just thinking about what this team could be and watching Seattle play on Sunday and thinking like, yeah, we can beat that. Like you guys have watched over the last five, six years and thinking like, Man, if somebody can just beat this team and Green Bay doesn't have to face them, then we can go to the Super Bowl. And now I don't feel like there is a team like that. Any team on this schedule, it doesn't feel like I have to chalk that up as well. That's a loss. They can't beat them. They can't beat them there. Now, I said the 49ers were like that before the season started, and I still have to see them beat the 49ers there 
before I'll be full fledged in on that. But man, am I excited for how this team is looking for this season. And that starts this weekend. And I think I've transitioned into this matchup and this game now about seven times, but Godwin (laughs) and Evans against King and Aaron's baby daddy, Jair Alexander and passing that test and passing this test for Kevin King is a big one too, quite frankly, because King is, I don't have like a basketball equivalent for it from the standpoint of like, he'll get you a couple buckets, like he'll make some plays, but he'll give up some plays too. And if he can limit, cause you're not going to stop. I think Packers fans have this idea in their head that like everything is supposed to go perfect. And they're not only supposed to score every time they touch it, but the other team is supposed to punt or giving up an interception or turn the ball over every time they touch it. And football doesn't work that way. And that's Tom Brady. That's Chris Godwin. That's Mike Evans. That's Ronald Jones. That's a really good offensive line that they, I mean, there's good players. Owen Reese always puts it back, puts it best to me. Contrary to Packers Twitter's belief, the other team is also paid to play football professionally. That's the way that I would explain this. But if Kevin King can limit Godwin or Evans when he's matched up with them, that's going to take a big step towards him earning some money, whether or not he gets that money from the Packers remains to be seen, obviously. But Aaron, tell me a little bit about how you're feeling about these matchups and what you think Green Bay can do to kind of slow down this dynamic. This is the best receiving group. The Pat, with, with all due respect to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones was hobbled, which huh, maybe the Packers doctors knew what they were doing with Devontae Adams side note, but go on. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that matchup. I think the secondary is going to be challenged in a way that they have not been challenged yet before yet this season. And I particularly, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to see Kevin King out there. I'm really hoping that he uh, he can play. I know he's he's nursing an injury, but uh, because I am so sick to death of of Kevin King haters, I don't understand the obsession because uh, everyone is like, oh, T.J. Watt. When, you know, the Packers have made plenty of terrible picks, uh, actual busts, because Kevin King is not a bust, but actual busts and passed over some really solid players. So they're just fixated on that. So I'm always, always cheering for him. But I know Jair is going to have a great game. Uh, I think he's looking forward to to playing, you know, matching up with uh, a good receiver and, you know, a, a good quarterback. And, uh, but however, all of that's kind of a moot point. If, you know, the defensive line isn't doing what they need to do, we need our pass rush to be there. Uh, we need them to put pressure on Tom Brady. Uh, I'm hoping with the return of Kenny Clark that, you know, the guys can, can really put some pressure on him because, you know, the second he gets any pressure, he is as Maggie and Perry put it turtling, uh, when someone gets within like one yard of him, he's, you know, he's freaking out. So I, I'm hoping the Smith bros and, you know, Kenny Clark and Kiki and Gary, if he is playing can, can really make him uncomfortable. Tom Brady under pressure is the embodiment of a God smack song and Zach will get this reference, but it starts with crying and I'll let you guys figure it out from there. Um, I'm Google it yeah, now. Aaron, go ahead and Google. Uh, I think you'll chuckle, so you'll know when you got that. Zach, the other guy that the uh, it's it's almost like written into Tom Brady's contract. Thou shalt must or thou shalt must. That doesn't make sense. Thou shalt have a scrappy white receiver for <laughs> Thomas Brady. So, <laughs> I just googled it. <laughs> Aaron found it. So there you go, guys. Uh, thou shalt have a scrappy white receiver to play in the slot. So do you have any concerns? And I know you got a chance to talk to him on open book here a couple weeks ago. 
but with Chan and Sullivan matching up with, with Scotty Miller, because that's the kind of guy that has typically done well against the Packers, not just Chandon, but the Packers in years past. I think he'll, he'll get his plays in, he'll get his reps in, he'll get his targets, but I mean, just look, look back at, look at how Chan and Sullivan handled someone like Danny Amendola, who I know is relatively older, of course, and then, you know, Scotty Miller, but five targets came towards Amendola's way. Zero targets allowed. Sullivan had a, or I think it was one catch, I think for five yards and Sullivan had the interception for a touchdown. It was a big day for Sullivan. And it was something we talked to him about. He handled that, that gritty scrappy white wide receiver that, um, that Tom Brady actually spent several years throwing to in New England alongside Julian Edelman. So, you know, I think, I think he'll, he'll, like I said, he'll have his fair share of targets uh, lining up across Scar- uh, Scotty Miller, but I think he'll be able to kind of really rise, rise to the occasion. And well, like you said, this is the perfect challenge for the Packers and their secondary to go up against these guys. We're assuming Godwin's going to be out there. We're going to assume Evans is going to be out there as well. This not just goes for the secondary, it goes for Chan and Sullivan as well. You know, they trusted him with the slot duties going into this season to take over for Tremont Williams. It's these kinds of challenges, these kinds of players that he needs to match up against and that he needs to perform well against. And earlier this season, he did that. He did that well against Amendola. So it's the same situation here. Yeah, that it was. And guys, we're going to move into the the final portion of this show. And I know we had a few other things that we wanted to get to, but we don't want to keep you guys here for (laughs) three hours. So before we go too far off the rails, I just got one quick question for you guys and feel free to break this down as much as you can. But Aaron, the Packers win on Sunday if. Jair gets me pregnant. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm saying like that, that would mean that he did something really good. Like um, on the field, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, like a pick six. I'm dying for him to get a pick six. Um, my mentions would just go crazy if that happened, but I think I'm going to stick to, um, well, I, you know what? I'm not going to say the pass rush. I'm going to say if we don't turn the ball over, I think that, there's almost like something kind of hanging over our heads, especially Rogers. Now he's the only quarterback that hasn't thrown an interception. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that that's, you know, the, the key to how we've been so successful is this offense has been running so efficiently and has not been turning the ball over. So I'm going to go with uh, no turnovers on the offensive side. Yeah. The only team left in the NFL, I think not, I've just jinxed it, but the only team left in the NFL, Thanks. I believe to not turn the ball over. So that's, mm-hmm. That's what they score. I read today they score at a 65% clip. They've scored 65% of the time they touch the ball. And that includes. And and I think like the next the next highest is like 54% or something. So they're like yeah. well ahead of number two. Yeah, they're the best offense in the league with a gap before the next one. Now, again, there's this is the best defense that they've played so far this season, too. So this is a nice test for them. Zach, what do you think? The Packers win on Sunday if. They got to be able to. to they got to beat that defensive front. Tampa Bay has a really good defensive front with JPP. They got Levante David, Shaq Barrett. The offensive line needs to continue to just to play as well as they have all season. Billy Turner has been surprisingly very solid. Um, and David Bakhtiari, he's doing his thing. And you know, despite what Jason Pierre-Paul says about David Bakhtiari and him being totally, you know. I don't know who that guy is. That just that you know what that tells me. That tells me he doesn't he doesn't watch film. He doesn't scout his upcoming opponent. And I know that's just my dumbass saying that to a professional football player. It's been in the league for you know a good decade now. 
but they got to be able to beat that defensive front, and that includes getting the ball out quickly, like they've been doing throughout through the first four games this season. They got the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands very quickly, and he's been sacked, what, three times? And two of them probably, uh, I think he blamed on himself for his fault. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they just got to beat that defensive front, get the ball out quick, and uh, by doing that, that's going to be that's going to be through Matt LaFour, just scheming some quick crossers, using uh, a lot of a lot of um, pre-snap motion, a lot of bunch, a lot of things like that. Just just kind of gets guys open underneath where he can just get rid of the ball. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I think the answer to this question and the answer to the question in a lot of football games, as many things that have changed about the NFL since its inception. One thing that has remained constant, and it's not always, it's not 100% of the time, the Packers won a lot of games without being able to do this, but the game is won on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. And if the Packers are able, on defense especially, to play on the other side of the line of scrimmage and get into Tom Brady's face, and Kenny Clark being back, I think, is going to be a huge part of that, assuming he is, in fact, back. I guess we don't know 100% sure that he's going to be back. But if you're able to get pressure in Tom Brady's face, Make him turtle to use the nicer version <laughs> that somebody had earlier. So that was Maggie, Maggie and Perry on happy hour on Monday. That would be correct. Monday night, six o'clock. It's been victory yep. Monday. I don't want to sit. I don't want to say this is the only reason, but the Packers have not lost a game since Maggie and Perry started doing victory Mondays at happy hour on game on Wisconsin. So, well, and I mean, we talk about there's the game on Wisconsin effect. Look at Lombardi's bar. The like Packers after have Mark was on, he got paid. I mean, it's the Packers have effect. not lost a game since game on Wisconsin's inception. That's so, it. Boom. I mean, I'm not saying the Packers are going 19 and 0 because I think that would be asking a lot from this website and this entity in general, but I'm not saying they're not, you know, you mentioned Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki starting to get some national notice. John Ledyard tweeted something about him today. That could be a big thing for the second half of the season going through all that stuff. So guys, real quick, before we sign off Sunday, three they're in Tampa Bay. The first of green Bay's two trips to Tampa Bay this season, Packers bucks. It'll be the only time they play the bucks when they go to Tampa this season. So who wins and why Zach, I'll start with you. I think the Packers win because kind of like you mentioned, they control the line of scrimmage at least their offensive line does. They're able to kind of contain the Buccaneers defensive front. They're able to kind of shut down that pass rush and Aaron Rodgers picks up his first win in Tampa Bay. I think I think it would be his first win in Tampa Bay. They went down there in 2009 and he threw three interceptions. Uh 2014 they went down there and Eddie Lacy had a had a big game and Julius Peppers and Clay Matthews almost ate Josh McCown that day. You're right. Never mind. And that was where he, he had the calf strain. That was where the calf, the calf That was when, yep, he got injured. And I also remember Packers Twitter being upset because the Packers only won by 10. <laughs> Shocking. The crazy expectations. You know what? And them, them dominating right now is such a dangerous precedent because God forbid they go three and out. Everyone's going to freak out. They're going to freaking explode. I can't wait for them to lose a game. Like, the second they lose a game, it's going to be same old shit. They're not good enough. They're going to lose to this team in the playoff. We suck. Just yeah, blow it all and, up. And they I will win the game at some point. I don't think it'll be this Sunday because, you know, I think, like I said, I think their key to winning is going to be controlling the line of scrimmage up front, protecting Aaron Rodgers as they've done for the first quarter of the season, and they they ultimately win. 
And can you guys imagine now, Zach, I know you were like, I was five. So you were like one in 1996, but Aaron, that means you were like 14 in 1996. Oh my God. (laughs) Something like that. I quit. But can you guys imagine what Twitter would have been like? So that 96 Packers team obviously wins the Super Bowl. They're pretty much dominant from wire to wire, but they almost hit that. Not almost. They did. They hit that. They had a weird loss in Minnesota, a Vikings team that wasn't that good, but they were okay. But Favre never played well in the Metrodome. So that kind of got excused. But can you imagine what Twitter would have been like when they lost back-to-back games against the Chiefs and the Cowboys again, and then come out and play like shit in the first half against the Rams? Yeah, it would have imploded. And hey, you know what? Don't don't sell me short on that '96 team. All right, I used to fall asleep in elementary school every single night to that '96 team video. I, I, I have it somewhere over there, but that's adorable. Yeah. I yeah, had I it, and I, I used to do this. By the way, '96, so I was six years old. You were you were, you were sixteen. Yeah, no, I was six. You were really? sixteen. Jacob. I didn't. Okay, said. so we're the same age. I didn't realize. That, I was I born in 1990. Oh, so we're not quite the same age. You're still no. older by a little bit. Thanks. thanks. What, what oh. you're not supposed to talk about a lady's age, but thanks for, <laughs> for like trying to double my age. Hey, you say about me all the time, okay? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, we're gonna move on from numbers and I'm, ages and I'm stuff like that. But Zach, this is why we're soul brothers because I used to watch that video all the time too. And I swear I could still hear the music, I could still hear like all the stuff. <laughs> that video was awesome. I remember the it was when they would show the season opener and Keith Jackson had like three touchdowns mm-hmm. against the Buccaneers in that first game. It was the, the that music. The bah, 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 bah. Oh my god, this is great. Yeah, oh, I need you guys to clip that, and that'll be our intro of you guys going. That's all. All right. So before. If you guys haven't quit listening to us, you probably have by now. So I apologize for that. We've just wasted 45 minutes of your life, but thank you for listening and tuning into this. We hope you come back next week. You could follow game on Wisconsin on Twitter at game on WI on there. You'll find the Jamal Williams show. We are doing the Jamal Williams show for his charity, the J swag daddy swag bag giveaway. We've raised about $3,100 towards his charity with a goal of about five G's between now at the end of the season. But I know that Packer fans are the best fans in the world. And not only are we going to meet that goal, we are going to blow that goal out of the water between now and the end of the year. And we got some other exciting stuff that are hooked up between that. You have a chance to win a lot of exciting prizes, a Jamal Williams jersey that's autographed, a Jamal Williams photo, a year's supply of sausage from Johnsonville. We do a weekly drawing for a case of beer from Lakefront. If you're within an hour of Jimmy, the delivery driver, and a lot of all kinds of different stuff. So be sure to check that out. You can follow me personally on Twitter for Packers takes and pictures of Blake at Jacob Westendorf. You can follow Zach Jacobson. Uh, uh, well, assuming he doesn't get suspended, where at Zach? <laughs> I am at it's, this is part of the handle, by the way. It's Zachariah J. I have to stay incognito. Yeah. And you've changed that handle from something else. It used to be, it used to be a uh, Wolven, but now it's, that's, which, it's what is that from? I don't know. I made that my Instagram name like seven years ago and it just, it just stuck. <laughs> I like gotcha. It. And the queen of the show, of course you could follow Aaron at, um, heroin with an E like the female hero. Maybe I need to change my handle by this point. But no, two you o's. can't. I know it's H E R O O I N E. Yeah. So not the drug, but the but female, the female hero. hero. 
Of course. So there you go, guys. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all that other stuff that you guys have found and gameonwi.com for all the other stuff. I want to thank you to our friends, family, sponsors, all that sort of stuff. Thank you guys for listening to the illusion of complexity. We'll see you next week when the Packers are five and zero and ready to take on Deshaun Watson, free Deshaun and the Houston Texans. Thanks for listening, everybody go pack. Go.